Hey, we're going to continue today in a series uh, going through the book of 2 Timothy entitled the Promise of Life in the Face of Darkness. And so I hope you have your Bibles with you. Turn in them with me, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you want to use this Bible sitting in front of you, we're going to be on page 995. We're going to continue to look into this short letter written by a man who is in jail by the Roman government. He's been proclaiming Jesus, and they said, we're going to just put you here and try to keep you quiet. And that's not his plan, and that's not God's plan. I've appreciated hearing from some of you as we've looked into this letter, as you've read it on your own. It's just a fascinating letter, what this guy is going through, and it's miserable, and yet he has great hope in life. And so I hope today we get more of this. We just consider our own difficulties as we have in life, and we keep looking to a faithful God. And because of him, we have hope. So let's just jump into this today, 2 Timothy chapter 2, page 995, and I want to start at verse 10. This is where we left off from last week. Verse 10, we'll look there. It says this in verse 10, Therefore, Paul says, the one who's in jail, Therefore I endure everything. And I just want to stop there for a moment. It says, Therefore I endure everything. And this will be our key word for today, endure. This word, endure. The Apostle Paul says, therefore, I endure everything. Now, when we come to the word therefore, we got to find out what it's there for. All right? And so we've been doing that. And whenever we see this, whenever you're reading your Bible on your own, you come to this word therefore. Again, why is it there? So we got to go back a little bit. Quick commercial for you to read your Bible on your own. Don't just read it, please, when you're with us on Sundays. And that's why in your worship program we put this purple bookmark as one way to help you read the Bible because it's a big book and how do I go through it? And, and here's a reading list for June if you'd like to do this. If you want to read through the Old Testament or the Psalms or the New Testament. Uh, let me just have you look at this real quickly for uh, June... Ch- June 4, June chapter 4. June 4, if you're, okay, if you're reading along in the Old Testament, we're going to start this book called First Kings. And sometimes when you read a book, it's like, well, it's probably about kings, but what else is this book about? And I want to show you, I'm going to put on the screen here a website for you that I want you to consider looking at this week. It's called jointhebibleproject.com. Please don't look at it right now, but just mark it in your notes and then look at it this afternoon or tonight or something. I see some of you with your phones out. Okay. But anyway, all right. Jointhebibleproject.com. So what they have done is they've made some uh, nice videos, six, seven, eight minutes long to help us understand really what certain books of the Bible are about. So I watched this one this week on First and Second Kings, and it just gives you an idea of what you're going to be reading. And so anyway, check out that website. They do a nice work there. And, uh, and as you start reading a book of the Bible, check that out, and it will help you understand what you are reading. Anyway, therefore, here we go. Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's get back to verse 10. Therefore... That means for us, we need to go back a little bit. We need to go back to where we were last week. And so I want to share a few things that we looked at last week. What is Paul saying so that we could endure? What is he saying so that he says, I endure everything in light of some things I've previously said. 
So let's go back to verse 1. Look at verse 1, if you would. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He says this to Timothy and to us. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He's going to talk about endurance, but before he talks about endurance, he says, here's the key that you have to be strengthened by God. Or we're going to say it this way as we did last week. You be empowered by God. It's one of our responsibilities as following Jesus is we need to connect with God to be empowered by him. Okay, he does this initial work when you said, Jesus, I need you. He empowered you with eternal life, his own life. But then there are times where our spirit, our soul seems to drain. And our job is to get this power to go back to God continually. I talked about my phone last week, and it happened again this week. My phone battery drains down, and all of a sudden it says to me, battery life down to 20%. In other words, I need power. My phone's telling me this. My phone can't do anything about it. But my phone sends me that message that says, would you empower me again to do what I'm supposed to do? You and I, we get worn down by life at times. We have to be empowered. We have to go to God and say, God, would you strengthen me again? Would you empower me? I need connection with you. Sometimes that's showing up on Sundays, and sometimes that's reading your Bibles, and some of that's talking to God and finding alone time, listening to music that would be uplifting. But we need to be empowered by God. Before we get to this word endure, we have to be empowered by God. Look at verse 3 then. There's something else that we need to consider before we consider the endure word today. In verse 3, he said to Timothy, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. In other words, we're going to have suffering, and I want you to be prepared for suffering, Timothy. This is part of our calling, to be prepared for that. To be prepared for suffering. We live in a broken world. Things are going to happen. You live with broken bodies. Things are going to happen. You live next to broken people. They are going to hurt you. There's just so much brokenness around. You need to be prepared for this. And you need to train for this. And so last week we looked at these examples that Paul gave. He said, one, you're going to have to uh, prepare for suffering like a soldier. So a soldier faces into suffering, goes into training. Some of you have done this. You've gone into boot camp, things like this. You have to prepare for fighting. He says a soldier, his aim is to please the officer. He says, in the same way as Jesus' followers, our aim is to please Jesus. And that's going to take some training. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take even some suffering on your part because you're going to have to work to spend time with God in order to please Him. He gives the illustration of the athlete. We looked at this last week. Athlete faces into suffering as well as he goes into training, as he starts competing. There's suffering involved. There's workouts that have to take place. And what the athlete is doing, he's striving to win a crown. The athlete says, I want to win. I want to be victorious. So I go into training. I understand there's going to be some physical suffering getting ready for winning this crown. Paul says to Timothy, believer in Jesus Christ, listen, you're going to receive a crown from Jesus Christ. Okay, you will. And so there's going to be some suffering along the way. You need to be ready for this. And then he gives the illustration of the farmer. And a farmer faces into suffering because he labors hard. 
And then he waits a long time for the crop to come to fruition. And what a farmer does is he works in order to reap a harvest. He works, and there's suffering involved in this, but he works because he expects a harvest. You and I, we invest into people's lives, and we do certain things to expect a harvest as well. And so he says these things as examples for us. And then he gets to verse 10. Look at verse 10 again. He says, therefore, in light of these things that I have just told you, Paul says, I endure everything. I endure everything. Before we read further, I just want to explain this word endure, what this word means. And we could sum it up in two words, and it's these words, to remain under to remain under a great pressure. When he says, I endure everything, he says, here's what I'm saying. I remain under a certain pressure, a great pressure. I stay under this pressure. Paul's not looking for an escape. He's not writing to Timothy and says, guess what? I just found a secret passage out of this. That's not what he's saying. I found out what to say so that they won't execute me. That's not what he's saying. He says, I endure everything. He's not looking for a way out. He's planning to remain under this pressure. It's a fascinating word. Write this passage down if you would, and you can look this up. John chapter 15. Because the root word for endure is the same word we find in John chapter 15 when Jesus says, your job is to remain in me or abide in me. Stay connected to me. This is what Jesus is saying. And he says, if you stay connected to me, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. You will bear love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It will come out of you as you stay connected to Jesus. So the root word for remain there is this word endure, to remain under Imagine some of you were out in the yard maybe yesterday or you plan to do this today or tomorrow. Got to trim some bushes and things like that. And when you cut them off and they fall to the ground, we know this, we all know this, that what you cut off will die. And if you leave it, it will produce whatever it's supposed to produce. In the same way, Jesus says, you stay connected to me and I will produce great things through you. And this word endure says you remain under this great pressure. Paul says, I am going to remain under this great pressure. I'm going to stay connected to God and remain under this great pressure. Now, the reality is for you and me, sometimes we want out from under the pressure, right? I mean, I do. I do. Sometimes I would even say this, and maybe you do too. It's like, Jesus, come now, right? Jesus, come And I'll just be honest. I'm not saying that necessarily because I want to be with Jesus. I just want to get out from under the problem. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe this is why we would escape things. I want to get out from under this pressure. This is why we would numb some of our pains. This is why we would do things, drugs and alcohol, whatever it might be, gambling, sex, whatever. I just want to get out from under this pressure. And I want to escape it. And Paul says here, I endure, I remain under this pressure. And he gives us a great model here for suffering. And he says it's to endure, it's to remain under this pressure. 
Now let's look at verse 10. Let me read four verses here this morning. And he says this, Therefore I endure everything. I remain under this pressure. Everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, there's that same word, if we remain under this pressure, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Let's just stop there. I got to say this as we've looked at this passage, and I was planning to do last week's message and this week's message and just put them all into one. And I was like, I think I just need to spend more time on this word endure and this weird passage here that we're going to look at today. I endure everything. I endure everything. Because remaining under a great pressure, it does have value. It has purpose. When Paul says this, I do this, he's saying, I do this, Timothy. I do this, church, because it has great value. It has great purpose. And this is the call for all of us as well to endure everything. Look at verse 10 again. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Let me say a few things if you're taking notes. Let's write this down. I endure everything, he's saying, or I remain under this pressure to help others receive salvation. He says, here's part of the value for me enduring, is that I want to help others receive salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Now, Paul had choices while he's suffering. He's suffering in this prison. What are his choices? He can have a bad attitude. He can complain about his situation. He can look for a way out. He can deny God. He could possibly take his own life. These are all ways to escape that situation. Or he has this choice to remain under the pressure and actually then help people obtain a salvation through Jesus Christ. His idea... I'm going to stay here. I'm going to endure this because what I'm going to do is I'm going to help point people to Jesus. Maybe it's people, maybe it's the guards that I'm working with. Maybe it's through this letter. But I believe that if I endure, if I remain under this pressure, I can use this to point people to Jesus. He's saying endurance has great value and purpose. I was thinking about us. If our life is just about us, me, it's just about me, you, it's just about you. If this is what life is about, it's just about protecting this, then I'll tell you, here's what we're going to do with suffering. We are going to run from it every chance we get. We are going to avoid it like crazy. Something bad happens, we say, I'm not going to endure. I'm going to run from it. I'm going to escape from it because life is about this. But life is not about this. Life is about Jesus. It's about centering our lives around his purpose, around his will. And every suffering then can be seen as being used by God. If life is about you, suffering, woo, don't want that. If life's about Jesus and he says, I'm going to allow this in your life for some reason, then he probably has a purpose for it. He has a value in this. 
And you and I can start seeing our hardships then as an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. Possibly even then for us to say, I'm going to be able to point people to God somehow through my suffering. You see, you and I, if we have this attitude, and Paul had this at times, the jailer's got to be saying, you know what? We've had other people in prison, but your attitude is different than everybody else's. They're looking for ways out. They're complaining about this. You somehow have joy. You somehow want to know our names. You somehow want to point us to the God that you have. What's going on? He's like, yeah, that's my point. Life's not about me. I want to point you to salvation in Jesus Christ. And so he says, I endure everything to help others receive salvation. Speaks to a great purpose for trials and suffering. Then he says this, verse 11, follow along. He says, the trust or the saying is trustworthy. And at this point, I don't know if Paul is reciting a creed that they knew some 2,000 years ago. Or if he's reciting a song. I doubt this is probably just his own words at this time. But he's saying this phrase, this saying, it's trustworthy. Whatever it speaks to, it speaks to endurance. He says these words. Let's read a couple of them. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. And if we endure, we will also reign with him. As I look at those, my mind went to another passage. Go ahead and write this down if you would. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Those of you trying to Uh, memorize some scriptures, write this one down and memorize it. Paul says this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Now that's funny sayings from a guy who's living and writing. But he's saying, there is a part of me that has died. The selfish part of me, I've trusted Jesus, I've said, it's not about me, it's about God. I have been crucified with Christ, part of me has, I no longer live. Christ now lives in me. This is my purpose. This is my life. And he says, if we die to self, if we say it's not about me, if we die to self, we have life with God. Life now and life eternally. Some of you have done this in this room. Many of you, you have said, you know what? It's not about me. I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need salvation. Jesus, would you save me? In one sense, part of you died, and at that point, part of you came to life. And if we die to self, we have life with God. He then says this, if we endure, if we remain under pressure, whatever pressure you're facing, if we remain under pressure, we will reign with God. He's writing this, and he understands his life's coming to an end. He says, if we endure, we will reign with God. You see, we're not going to be angels that sit on clouds and play harp someday, but we are going to reign with Jesus on a new, in a new heaven, in a new earth. We're going to reign with him. And he says, so I want to be able to do that, so I will endure. I will endure everything. I will remain under great pressure. In essence, he's saying this to receive the coming inheritance. An inheritance is coming my way. And I'm going to get to be a part of this because I endure. Because I have stayed with Jesus, I will receive an inheritance. I will live with him for all eternity. I will reign with him. And he says there's, there's something coming. A crown that is coming. It's a purpose for enduring. 
And then the phrase shifts, verse 12. If we deny him, he will also deny us. You read that, that's a little scary. As you consider your own life, you're, oh man, have I denied Jesus before? Have I denied God? If so, what does that mean for me? And as I look at this one verse in context with the rest of Scripture, the Bible doesn't teach that if you deny God one time, then you're done forever. Okay? We consider one of Jesus' followers, Peter. Peter says, oh, Jesus, I'll die with you, right? And Jesus says, actually, before the morning, you'll deny me three times. And Peter did. And Jesus reinstates him and says, Peter, okay, I know you messed up. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Okay. I believe you love me. Let's go change the world. So it's not so much about, oh, I remember one time when I was in third grade and, and I, you know, or one thing I did this last week or something you might do a year from now. It's not necessarily this. Look at a passage in Matthew 10, 33. Write this down and you can look this up. Jesus said these words and they are powerful and slightly scary. He says this, whoever denies me before men... I will also deny before my Father who's in heaven. And he says this, and yet with Peter who denies him, somehow he reinstates Peter. Frankly, it's a troubling little passage. If you look at one of my personal Bibles in my office, I got a question mark next to this. It's like, what's Paul even saying here? I don't get all the if you deny, like deny once, deny two times, three times, how many times? What's this all mean? But when we consider suffering, there's this choice. Are we going to remain under this pressure and endure, or will we deny Jesus? It's partly a lifestyle. For Paul, it may have been as simple as this. They may have asked him, if you deny Jesus, the doors will be open and you can leave. He's like, hmm. I could say something and get out, but Jesus really knows my heart. I don't know what they said to Paul, but maybe he had had an offer like this. If you would deny Jesus, you'll be set free. But I think that then goes to a bigger question. What's the point of life? What's the point of life? Is it to be free to do whatever you want? Because if it is, it's like, you know what, I'll deny Jesus and I just want to do what I want to do. What's the point of life? Or is life about having an eternal relationship with Jesus? And if life is about having an eternal relationship with Jesus now and for all time, suffering is well worth it right now. Of course, Jesus, I will suffer for you. Because it is more profitable for me to suffer than to deny you. I I want to have a relationship with you for all eternity. I look at Paul, his choice is simply, I'm going to endure. I endure everything. I think you and I can struggle with this. It's not so much that you would go to jail for Jesus and then being told, if you deny him, you could be let out. I I don't know of anybody that that's really happened to. But simply, here's where we can deny Jesus. Will you commit your life to him or will you commit your life to yourself? And that is where you you and I sometimes deny Jesus. Will you commit your life to Jesus or will you commit your life to your own good? I understand Paul to say, I endure everything. 
I remain under this pressure because I do this to fulfill my commitment to Jesus. I have told him, Jesus, I love you. I see, Jesus, what you've done to me. I've made a commitment to you. I will remain under this pressure just as part of my commitment to you. Because life is about you. It's not about me. You and I, we struggle with that, though, don't we? You see, each of us is going, to be stand, is going to stand before God one day. We will. And one of the questions is, did you live for Jesus, the Son of God, or did you live for yourself? That, that, that's it. Did you live for Jesus or for yourself? Did you deny him and live for yourself? Or did you commit yourself to him and follow him? Now, this isn't about perfection. It's not a matter of perfection. Because we all fail. I fail. I know this about all of you. You have all failed God. It's not who's going to be perfect in this world. Because none of us will. But did you give yourself to God fully? Not every single moment because you will sin. But did you give yourself to God? Or were you about living for yourself? And I'll say this, you can't do both. You can't. You can try to do both. You can appear to do both. You can come to church and you can raise your hands during songs and people go, oh, that person must commit their lives to Jesus. But you cannot do both. Either you live for God or you live for yourself. It's challenging. Every once in a while I sit there and go, Scott, it looks like you're living for yourself right now. Who have you committed your life to? Ah, oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Lord, I'm sorry. I confess. He's like, I love you. Okay, let's get back on the train. But you cannot do both. You cannot I'll live for God on Sundays, live for myself on some other days. Choose. And many of you have chosen. And I think this has to do with some of this denying. And so Paul, in this section, speaks to the seriousness of denying Jesus. If you live your life denying him, when it's all said and done, he will deny you. I would hope, I pray, that that is for none of us in here. And then Paul finishes this creed or this saying in verse 13. Look at that, if you would, with me. If we are faithless, if we are lacking faith, if we aren't trustworthy at times, it says he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Now catch this pattern here. If we die with him, we live with him. That's good. And if we endure, we will reign with him. That's good. Then there's this massive change. If we deny him, he will deny us. But if we are lacking faith, if we are not trustworthy at times, he is what? He's faithful. It's a beautiful switch, isn't it? We would expect it to say, if you are faithless, if you struggle with belief at times, he's going to struggle with belief on you. But that's not what it says. This is the beauty of God. This is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, you and I have been in relationships. If we deny somebody, we get it. They deny us. If we lack faith with them, if we're not faithful to them, what happens? They're usually not faithful to us. But God, he is. It's the beauty of the gospel. Because he understands that every single one of us are fickle. He understands that every single one of us, not perfect, 
He understands every single one of us that we are broken. He understands every single one of you, every single one of us. We need recovery. And he remains faithful. He has this enduring love for every one of us. He says, listen, I'm going to remain faithful to you because I have this enduring love for you. And I think Paul is saying this, I endure everything. I remain under this great pressure, listen, as a product of God's faithfulness, as a product of his faithfulness. I endure for certain reasons, but this one, I endure just because God is always faithful to me. In other words, this is not to my credit. I endure simply because God is faithful. He has an enduring love for me. He's not giving up on me. He says, I endure because he's strengthened me. He's empowered me. He's faithful to me. He doesn't treat me as my sins deserve. But as I seek to live for him, he's faithful to me. He produces in me this endurance. To God be the glory, Paul says. So what do we do with this? As I read through those verses, what do we do with this? I want to go back to verse 8. Go back to verse 8, if you would. We looked at this last week, but I want to look at it again. Because it's all tied in this passage that Paul's talking about. Verse 8, he says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, is preached in my gospel. For which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. What do we do with this? What do we do with what we've read here today? He says, I endure for these reasons, and because God is faithful, what are we going to do with this? I want to simply give you two words again to remember. Same two words that we finished last week with. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. You and I are called to endure to remain under great pressure, and to remember Jesus. Write this passage down, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. We'll look at it here. Consider him, or that's this idea of remembering him. What did he do? He endured. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you won't grow weary, so that you won't lose heart. Enduring is difficult. You've done it if you've been an athlete, if you've been a soldier, if you've been a farmer, if you've been married. I mean, whatever it is, enduring is a difficult thing to remain under a great pressure. But in this, we are called to consider him who, what did he? He endured. He endured. As I'm looking at this, I'm like, why? Why would Jesus endure this cross? Why would he endure this scorn? Why? He's the Son of God. Why would he deal with this? I mean, he could have run from the cross, could have tried to escape from this. Why did he remain under this great pressure? Let me share a few thoughts with you on that real quickly. One, he did this to secure our salvation. Did this to secure our salvation. Now, Paul says, I endure so that others would obtain salvation. That's really the goal, that the lost would be found. Jesus did this for us so that the lost would be found. He did this for you. He endured the cross so that you would receive salvation. He was faithful to save us because he has an enduring love. And he says, I have this love and it's going to keep me on the cross and I will pay for your sins because I love you this much and I want you saved 
I want you to trust me so that I could give you this, offer you this forgiveness. Why else did Jesus remain under this great pressure? Why did he endure? Well, let's say this, to receive an inheritance. To receive an inheritance. He says, you know, if I endure, I'm going to get to adopt this family. (laughs) Ordinary knuckleheads like you and me. I'm going to win them. I'm going to rescue them. I'm going to have this inheritance, this family. I'm going to have praise and glory from the Father. I'm going to have all of this if I endure, if I remain under this pressure. And Jesus does this because he has an enduring love for you. His love endures for you. Why else did Jesus remain under this great pressure? Let's say this, to fulfill his commitment to the Father. Paul was saying, I'm going to endure because I've made a commitment to Jesus, but I believe that Jesus endures the cross because he says, I have a commitment to the Father. He's the boss. Life is not about me. Jesus did not walk around saying, you know, it's just, it's just about whatever. I, he would have never led him to the cross. He said, I'm committed to the Father. Committed to the Father. It's his agenda. And Jesus was faithful to us because he has an enduring love for every single one of us. Why else did Jesus remain under this great pressure? To display his obedience. He says, I'm going to endure. I'm going to remain under this great pressure to show obedience. That when the Father says, do this, I will do this. You and I struggle with that. We're we're just disobedient people. I am, you are. I want to do my own thing. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to endure all of this to show you that the best way to live is obedience to God the Father. And he was faithful to save us again because of this enduring love. He says, I have a love that just remains for you. And I'm obeying my Father. Ultimately, as I look at this, Jesus endured because his love endures forever. This is just... His character. He has a love that endures forever. This is Jesus. Why does he go to the cross? Why does he stay on the cross? Because this is just his nature. He has a love that endures forever. And I'll tell you this. The love that he has, when we trust him, he gives us that life. He gives us this love. Look at Psalm 136. Put a couple of the verses here on the screen. The psalmist, just reflecting on this, as we remember Jesus, we could say the same thing. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He is. His love endures forever. His love, it remains faithful to us. Even when we're disbelieving at times. Give thanks to the God of all the gods of the world, because this God, his love endures forever. It remains faithful. Give thanks to the Lord of all lords, the master of all masters. Why? Because this Lord, this master, his love endures forever. For you, for me, for this community, for this broken world. And in the midst of your life and in the midst of your struggle, you and I are called to remember Jesus, to look to Jesus. Because his love for you endures forever. He knows your story. He knows your life. He knows where you've been this last week. And he says, I still love you. I love you completely. I have a love that will remain for you. 
So I want to close by having you ask yourself this question. I'm asking myself this question. Ask yourself this. In what ways is God having me endure? What ways is God having me endure right now? Because it might be a health issue. It might be a relational issue. It might be a financial issue. All of the above. It might be a sin issue. Whatever it is. How is God having me endure? And I would want you to know this. That like Paul, like Jesus, the things that you are having to endure are not meaningless. God has a purpose in this. He says, listen, I want you to endure. I want you to remain under all of this. Because I am growing your faith in this. And I'm going to use this to tell a great story to your kids and to your grandkids and the people you work with. You endure as you look to Jesus. But I want you to ask yourself, what, in what ways is God having me endure? Because sometimes we're saying, you know what? I, I, I want to escape from this. I want this fixed. In fact, I'm asking God, fix this. And God might be saying, listen, I'm wanting you to endure. I want you to remain under this pressure. Because if you would, I, I will be there with you. My love for you endures forever. I want to teach you more about my love then I want to teach you about comfort right now. I don't like that thought, honestly. Part of me, the selfish part of me says, God, I just want an easy life, right? But then I think, wait a second, if life is not about me, if life is about you and your kingdom and pleasing you, really the best way to go is, God, I will endure hardships and I will endure sufferings and I will endure trials and I will toughen up by your power Because your love for me endures forever. And you will strengthen me. And I want you to hear, my brothers and sisters, that his plans have a great purpose. You might not see that now, but his plans have a great purpose. They did for Paul. Shortly after he finishes this letter, he's actually executed. He's beheaded. You think, wait, what was the purpose? Here we are, God-inspired Paul, and we're talking about this 2,000 years later, and we are growing closer to God because of what Paul went through. And I'll tell you that your family and your loved ones and your enemies and the people you work with and go to school with will be blessed by the way that you endure hardships. Uh, That can be a tough message to consider. But there is a God who has a great enduring love for us, and because of that, that gives us hope. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads with me, that you consider with me for a moment, that we digest this a little bit here. Because we are called to endure hardships, everything. And the point of this is that it would cause us to see Jesus. And I know our tendency is to try to escape it or numb it or whatever it might be. But allow these things to point you to Jesus, that you would remain under this great pressure. And the good news in this is that this Jesus, we will live with him. We will reign with him. And he will Be faithful to us because his love endures forever.
Heavenly Father, as I look at this passage, I just think, wow, Paul went through a lot. And then I'm reminded of your son who went through so much more. And I'm grateful for that today because he saved me. And he saved my brothers and sisters. And he offers that salvation to anyone who simply today says, Jesus, I need you to change my life. And so, Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross on our behalf, for enduring that hardship and setting for us an example. And I look at this and I understand that you, you did this because your love endures forever. So this week, would you help us not to run from our hardships? Would you help us not to escape and to numb them? But would you help us to give thanks? Would you help us to give you praise? Because you are empowering us in these tough times. Because your love for us endures forever. So God, make us grateful people, even in the midst of this struggle. Make us grateful people. People. For your love endures forever. Your love endures forever. And so, God, we thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in us and ultimately through us. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Savior.